الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من قال لا اله الا دخل الجنه قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان امتي يدعون يوم القيامه قرا محجلين من اثار الوزوه او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الا ان في الجسد مضغه اذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله واذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله الا وهي القلب او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام my dear respected brothers in al-islam first and foremost we thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator sustainer nurturer of entire universe and send salutation to our beloved nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam dilid darushi wa ta'ala allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina muhammad wa barik sallim today we having a bayan inshallah also there will be a nikah taking place so a few things about nikah will also be mentioned in this short time that we have make dua that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq of making amal and and the right things must be said and allah give us the sincerity and ikhlas while we sitting in the house of allah make one small niyat as we came in the ya allah we sitting in your house and make intention for nafil atakaf just take a few seconds and it is for your pleasure now the angels are already writing our good deeds even if you sleep into the writing your deeds alhamdulillah with good intention the verse of the holy quran in which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the believers and the mu'min there is 84 places in the holy quran where allah is talking to me and you he says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu in this verse of the holy quran allah says because it is regarding nikah it will be something about nikah also ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Ya Allah is addressing the believing people and say oh people of iman he's talking to me and you and what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that oh people of iman haqqa tuqatihi fear me as i ought to be feared Allah is saying me fear me as i ought to be feared like the almighty the all powerful the all hearing the all knowing the all seeing the sustainer of the entire universe life and death is in his control that is our allah the most forgiving the most loving the most caring allah that is the allah that we are talking about now in this world we have people that are parents they demand a certain amount of respect you have the teacher he demands a certain amount of respect you have a counselor he demands a certain amount of respect You have a mayor of the town he demands a certain amount of respect. You have a president of the country he demands a certain amount of respect. This is Arhamur Rahimin, this is Rabbul Alamin, the creator and sustainer Allah says, "Fear me as I ought to be feared." 
Because I am your creator and I am your sustainer. Allah is saying. Wala tamutunna. This is very important what's coming next now. Wala tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. Allah says, do not die in any other way. In any other way. Stern warning Allah is Wala tamutunna. Do not die in any other way. Illa wa antum muslimun. That you die in a state that you are a Muslim, you are a mu'min, you are a believer in the kalima la ilaha illallah. The hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in which he said, Man qala la ilaha illa dakhal al-jannah. Whomsoever recites la ilaha illallah will get jannah. But the mufassirin and the muhaddisin, those that translate the, the hadith and the, the tafsir of the Quran, they say, Man qala la ilaha illa mukhlisan dakhal al-jannah. That whosoever recites the kalima with sincerity. Sincerity is the criteria for an iman. Without sincerity, there is no iman. Mukhlisan. Illa dakhal al-jannah. I'll give you one example now because you might think this thing, la ilaha illallah, good enough. What is the definition of iman? Ikrarum bil lisan wa tasdikum bil qalb. To utter it with the tongue and have it deep down the heart. To say the kalima, la ilaha illallah, to understand what it means and from the inner recesses of your heart, you have to believe it. I'll give you a worldly example. A person, a friend comes to you and says, please lend me a thousand rand. You say, okay, I'll lend you. But in your heart, you're saying, I'm not going to give him anything, I'm just bluffing him. So, when that person is gone, you tell the friend, you say, I'm giving him nothing. They say, but why did you tell him? Say, I just told him, but I haven't got in my heart to give. So that mustn't be the condition of our iman. So, there's three things. One is to utter it with the tongue, La ilaha illallah, to believe what that La ilaha illallah means, and to have it deep down in the inner recesses of our heart. That is kalima. For example, take a worldly example. You take a parrot and you teach that parrot kalima, La ilaha illallah. I ask you, does that parrot become a Muslim parrot? Because it's reciting kalima. No, my dear brothers. The other two factors are not fulfilled. It's only reciting the kalima, La ilaha illallah. It doesn't understand what La ilaha illallah means and it's not even recited from the heart. One person said his neighbor became a Muslim, just reading the kalima, La ilaha illallah. So he's a Muslim now. We asked him, how brother? He said, no, he just read. But that person didn't understand what la ilaha illallah means. He didn't accept it and he didn't believe in Bahad. He's not a Muslim. So the condition of iman is ikrarum bil lisan wa tasdikum bil qalb. And also with this iman, bayn al khawf wa raja. What is iman? It's in between fear and hope. If you make a person too frightened, he can't do anything. He'll lose hope. So too much of fear is no good. Because, and if you give too much of hope, he'll hopeless. Because then it's in between that you recite this kalima, it must be in between fear and hope. If you're doing something wrong, then fear Allah. This is sin. This my Nabi has told me not to do. It's haram. And when you do any good deeds, be encouraged by that hope and say that, Ya, I've done this good deed, now my Allah will reward. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, this is the cleansing of the heart. Allah inna fil jasadi mudghatan iza saluhat. سَلُحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبُ There is a piece of flesh in the human body. If that piece of flesh is good, the action of the entire body will be good. And if that piece of flesh becomes corrupt, becomes toxic, then the action of the entire body will be corrupt. أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبُ Beware, that is the heart. So the heart is such an important thing, that's where the soul sits. The heart makes the decision. If the heart is corrupt, then what will happen? Greed, animosity, hatred, jealousy.
pride, all these things will come and sit there. When that thing is sit there, how the mercy of Allah is going to come? For example, a guest, somebody invite you to the house. Lay the seven course meal, everything is there. But nearby there, there is some dirt and rubbish. You won't feel comfortable. You say, please, you tell the guest, move that off first. Then I'm going to sit, otherwise I'm not sitting, I'm going back to my house. So Allah is also saying that you got all this evil, hatred, animosity, jealousy, all this gandagi you got in your heart. And you want my good kalam, my pure kalam to come? Make istighfar first. Make tawbah first. Repent. Cleanse your heart. And then come to me. So this is Allah saying that this heart must be clean and must be purified. Now, people that come to us for advice and ask us what we must do, we encourage them that they follow the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in which he says, that inna ummati yudha'una yawm al-qiyamati ghurran muhajjalina min asari al-wuzul. There'll come some from my community, certain amount of people. On the day of judgment, their faces will be shining. Their hands will be shining. Their feet will be shining. Who are those fortunate people? Those that make their wuzu properly, according to Quran and Sunnah. And those that making the wuzu do not talk worldly things. Once you talk worldly things, the angel comes three times to you by... Stop talking. You're in the house of Allah. Our mercy is going to be on you. Second time you talk worldly things, you talk your outside business, you bring in the masjid. Whatever left over work you had at home, you'll complete it here in the masjid. Why are you making wuzu? The angels will leave and move away from there. They say, this person here, there is no mercy and no, no raham from us, and we can't make dua. Just for such a small thing. And shaitan is clever, because if he spoils your wuzu, he will spoil your salah. If he spoils your salah, he will spoil your dua. If he spoils your dua, he will spoil you. Such a simple thing. And we enter the masjid, Allahumma ftah lana abwaab rahmatik Oh Allah, I am entering your house. Open the doors of mercy for me. We are asking Allah. But then now, who's we getting spoiled? No, in, people, some people have commentary. So what they do is, while they're making the wuzu, they give a running commentary of football or cricket. Mara usne chakka, ye to hai pakka, magar wuzu ho gaya kacha. While the person is making wuzu, he says that so and so person hit a six. Confirm, hit a six. But your wuzu became kacha, your wuzu is done. But the spiritual aspect of the wuzu, where the malaikans will make dua for you, and on the day of judgment, those signs of shine, where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will be proud of his ummah, that will be missing. We don't want to lose out on that. So wuzu is such a great thing. And while we are in namaz also, we must have a full concentration. In the Quran it says, See ma hum fi wujuhim min asari sujood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that when a person is reading the salah, he goes into sajda, his hands are touching the place of sajda, his forehead, his nose, and his feet. Allah says, also on the day of judgment, those things will shine on him. And the Nabi of Allah wasallam will see this ummati and say, there is my ummati, there is my ummati, there is my ummati. If we don't have any shine of namaz and salah, then where the shine will come, whichever, what, where are we going to get the shine from? That it is so important for us to try to read this salah on time, every time. Now when we go back home, our women folk will ask us, why you went to the masjid? What the Maulana said? If we are sleeping or dozing off, now we give the same advice wherever we go. So tell the women folk to read your namaz on time, every time, even if you don't have time. You don't have time means they're busy preparing meals for the husband, busy preparing something. Now while we are in namaz, our concentration is going everywhere. 
The husband is reading the namaz, but he's thinking to himself, now, now the shaitan comes and says, you know what, you're already in namaz, you are behind the imam. You are behind the imam, so you sort it out. So now the husband is thinking now, I'm going to go home and eat curry kitty. I don't know whether he eat aloo fry with it or I'm going to have fish. He's going to whisper and he's going to go away. Now it's up to you to get rid of that. La hawla la in your mind. The kings of kings. I can't be thinking like that. And it's normal to have that. Evil thoughts will come. It comes the hadith. I can get it, you can get it, everyone get it. But to get it. And in the meantime, the wife is reading her namaz at home and she also is thinking like that. My husband, whether he told me he wants karikichi with aloo fry or he wants fish. I don't know what I'm forgetting. Anyway, nevertheless, the husband finishes namaz, he goes back home. And he tells the wife, you know what, something amazing happened to me. He's calling it amazing. And the wife says, you know, also something amazing happened to me, but uh, the husband says, okay, go for it. Let's hear what you have to say. So the wife said, you know what, while I was reading my namaz, I don't know whether you told me you want the aloo fry or you want the fish. So in this chakra now, it's going on and on and on. So her husband says, yeah, same thing happened to me. So he says, look like we are both were thinking this alike, but that's shaitani way of thinking. Think that's not what Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa like. So anyway, the husband says, now have you prepared the meal? She says, no, man, there is one problem now. You know, while I was thinking whether it was the fish or the aloo fry, I don't know whether I read two rakats or four rakats. And I had to repeat the namaz so many times over and over again. So I haven't prepared the fish and I haven't prepared the aloo fry. Allah Akbar. So now the husband thinks there's something fishy here now. Something very fishy. So now shaitan will come and whisper different. Now you might, you might think that this is only about food. It's not about business. It's not about bad things. Whatever other than Allah in the salah is bala. It's evil. Now one child, what he says? بچپن میں جب میں چل نہیں سکتا تھا میں چلنے کی کوشش کر رہا تھا لوگ مجھے گرنے نہیں دیتے when I was young and small I was trying to walk my first few steps in my life crawling people wouldn't allow me to fall سبحان اللہ but جب میں بڑا ہو گیا چل سکتا تھا میں تاجر بن گیا اس میں کامیاب ہوا خود اپنے دونوں پیروں پر کھڑا ہو سکتا تھا اب لوگ مجھے گرانے کی کوشش کر رہے ہیں now I became big, matured, I could work on my own, stand on my own, became a successful businessman. Now the people are trying to drop me. That is the greed, hatred, animosity, the, the jealousy of the heart I was talking about. Then the poet also says that Pehle zamane mein bohot kam ke paas thi, magar bohot tha. In the old times, very few people had, you know, in the whole city, five people got watches, 30, 40, 50, you were very lucky. But they had a lot of time for the family, for the friends, for the near and dear ones, for the loved ones, for the destitute, for the orphan. They had time. Ab bohot saro ke Now everybody go in one house, they got ten, ten watches, but no time. When you tell the person, by come and visit so and so uncle or auntie, say, but I got no time. If you could sell time, you'll make a lot of money. Allah takes it out on time. So, because the Nikah Bayan will just mention a few things about Nikah, time is running out, we've got lots of things to tell, inshallah, next time. So, this Nikah is taking place, inshallah, and we give Mubarak to the bride and the groom, and it's a blessed occasion. Allah Ta'ala must unite and keep the family together. Just one or two things that will highlight, something to remember about the Nikah, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nikah is my Sunnah, and uphold my Sunnah, because that is the best thing that we can do. In today's time, it is so dangerous. It is actually easier for... Nikah will become more and more difficult as time goes. It is easier to 
look after a person, a mistress in distress, then people think like that. It's easy, I'll wait, I'll see, not now. Just the other day, some young passed away. Got shot a week before that. Allah grant him highest intent that will for those and make his maqfirat. Fortunate became a shaheed. But there is no guarantee that age. The youngsters, I'm addressing the youth, change your lifestyle, get married, settle down. Those people that are getting married, they are blessed. Allah Ta'ala is opening, opening the way. When you get married, there are many avenues open. People think, if I get married, how am I going to support a wife, two children, three children? Allah says, وَمَا مِنْ دَابَّةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا Everything that is walking on earth, Allah says that I take the responsibility of feeding and looking after. We, me and you, where we can feed? We'll do for three, four, five months, even if it's our own children. After they say, just pack up and go like the white say, you know, after 21, you must pack up. Here's your key for freedom. Now you can have your freedom. Go. So we're not Muslim like that. So one, one or two, just light-hearted things for the couple that are going to get married. In Pakistan, there was this old person. He was 100 years old. And his wife was 95 years old. Subhanallah, what a good age. So the husband, every day he was jogging five kilometers. So somebody asked him, Hazrat, you know, you're so old, fit to be a father and grandfather. Why are you jogging? you taking part in a competition or an athlete or a sportsman or something. What do you need to go five kilometers every day? He says, no, no, I, when we had packed with my wife, and the pact was this, that whoever makes a mistake must ask for forgiveness first. That's fine. Even today, you tell me to do it. And... You must go jog five kilometers. Subhanallah. So they say, your wife is 95. How she keeps fit? He says, she follows me five kilometers to see whether I'm completing that run. <laughs> whether I'm completing that five kilometers. So that's a certain amount of trust you must have. There must be, not be mistrust. So I'm going five kilometers, not because I want to do five kilometers and stay fit. I'm seeing whether he's completing the five kilometers or he's just lying to me that he's doing five kilometers. Two minutes before he just finished off, light-hearted thing. There was this one old man, 80-year-old from Pakistan. So he on Facebook, now people are going on Facebook and this book and that book, they're going every, but the Quran book they're not seeing too much. Ramadan is coming now. We should put a brakes on sin and accelerate on good deeds and hoot out all evil things out. So this 80-year-old man now, he linked up with somebody in Canada, a white lady, 25-year-old, and he's 80 years old now. Not far, oh, three times his age. So anyway, he hooked up onto her and said, she decided to come to Pakistan and get married to him. So like tonight, 6 o'clock in the evening will be the nikah. So the man goes to the imam and says, uh, Imam Sab, I'm going to get married in this, this evening, 6 o'clock, to a so-and-so in person. Uh, if there's any conditions, I must prerequisite before the nikah, anything I need to do. So the Imam Sahib said, there's no other condition, there's only one condition that you must stay alive till 6 o'clock in the evening when the nikah takes place. <laughs> you know, he's reaching the end of his age, so he said, only till stay alive till 6 o'clock, then you can perform your nikah. If anything happens to you before that, then you nikah. no nikah. Make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it easy for us, Quran and Sunnah, inshallah, next time we have so many things to say, but because time limited, Allah give the tawfiq of making amal wa akhir da'wa, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen.